everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the 49ers Paradise Podcast Show. Thank you all once again for tuning in. This week's show is sponsored by Touchdown 2008 by Andy Benoit. Get your copy at nfltouchdown.com. It's Brian here and I'm flying solo this week. A reminder to everybody that if you want to sponsor a podcast show, drop me a line at brian at 49ersparadise.cjp.net. Alternatively, if you just want to call into the show and have your tape played on the air, you can do so by clicking the phone link in the top right-hand corner of the main page of 49ers Paradise. Of course, you can also record something on your computer and send it to my wedding via email. So, um, it's been a, an interesting week for me when I reflect back on the team and uh, the games that, the, the game that was. Uh, what stands out for me the most and, uh, a lot of people might take issue with this, is that J.T. O'Sullivan might be at his maximum potential. We're talking about a quarterback, when you're realistic, who bounced around to plenty of different teams, who's been in the NFL for six or more years, and who really hasn't made a name for himself until he got this opportunity. And yes, at times he looks nothing short of brilliant, throwing the ball accurately deep down the field, hitting tough out patterns, Throwing and you know, threading the needle between double and triple coverage, and that looks awesome. But with all that good, there seems to be plenty of bad. There seems to be taking needless sacks, there seems to be throwing poor interceptions, there seems to be uh, an inability to, to make the right decision when going into double and triple coverage. It seems to be it's more luck when he connects. Than it is uh, an actual thing of uh, well thought out process in great passing. So there's plenty of good with Jake's but I, I think there's this whole bit of baggage that I don't think is going in. Um, we've been hoping that he would sort of take that next step and be able to cut down on some of those errors. And some of them, he does seem to be able to control in terms of the ball control, throwing the ball away. He does seem to, to fight his natural instinct at times, and he does get rid of the ball, um, or, or take off and run. It does seem to be, I guess, improving in that department. But I guess what I'm thinking is that even if he improves to an nth degree in that department, we're still going to have these really um, bad throws and bad decisions into double or triple coverage. And right now, it is certainly the best that we have. Um, it's certainly better than anything we've seen Hawk Smith do since his big And uh, it's certainly our best bet to win, I would agree with that, um, especially with the Minnesota's But I don't think he's had a lot of to fix, and I think that raises some interesting questions, because if we stick with the Mark system, he's probably going to be around for a few more years, the next two, three, five years, or, or less than that. And then J.T. O'Sullivan will probably follow Mark's uh, in wherever he goes. I anticipate that the Cardinals will draft a quarterback this year, not in the first uh, round, probably somewhere in the mid to end of the draft. Um, and start moving the 
one of maybe two quarterbacks for a future role in the team. But the problem is that if they are ruined into a mind system where there needs nobody who can really take over a mind system and run it as an effective offense. So I think that the 49ers have sort of thrown it down there, going back and taking Mars and bringing him in, going out and getting JT Osaga, a Mars quarterback. This is something that might work for a few years, providing Mark sticks around. But as soon as we lose Marks, we're back to square one. And we're back to a situation where the offensive system will have to change. It's not like a West Coast offense system that anybody can run. You need Mike Marks to run the offensive system. At least that's my opinion. And uh, that being said, even if JT or Solomon sticks around and is successful, he probably will be less successful in whatever offensive system. And even if we draft and begin to bring quarterbacks who are uh, potentially better than JT or something, we're going to run into a, a similar situation when Marks decides to leave or is hired. Now, earlier in the season, uh, many of us believed that Marks was the savior. He was, uh, we were ready to put him in charge of the team or put a in charge of the team and let, uh, you know, let Nolan go, and I think a lot of people are still very anti-Nolan. But I think what we're beginning to realize is that there's only so much that Marks can do at the end of the day. Players still have to execute. Quarterbacks still have to make the right decisions. And the defense still needs to stop the ball. My biggest concern coming out of this game, it was not even that I think JT Osaldo might be at the maximum of his potential, but that defense is just dreadful. All season I have been harping on the fact that we cannot stop the run. And anybody with a decent run game or a defense or a decent offensive line can run right over us. We are not good at the point of attack on defense and consistently things can pick up three, four, and five yards against us. That means that third and short, fourth and short are converted. And that means that our defense cannot get off the field. So the defense did do its job early in the game this week. And I can't take anything away from it. They came up big, they gave the offense a chance to score some points. And that was awesome. But then, lo and behold, what happens? They get trapped on the field. The offense sputters. We're talking three and out, three and out. That doesn't work for any NFL team. You cannot sustain a three and out because it tires out your defense. Now, Despite being able to get pressure early on in the game, you're no longer able to get pressure. Despite being able to stack the box and compete against the run, something that they've really struggled against, you're worn down and you're tired and, quite, quite frankly, you're beaten. And the Patriots just beat the 49ers in every sense of the word. They ran over them, they didn't invent over them, and that was all they needed to do because the 49ers defense was out of fuel. Now, we're talking about NFL caliber players who should be conditioned to be able to stay on the field for 10, 15 minutes if they have to. But what I'm worried, more worried about is why are we not rotating our players sufficiently to give them mess? Is it because we kept 11 defensive backs and we don't have enough defensive linemen to come in and to you know, keep our defensive line fresh? Is it because we simply aren't doing it? Or is it because we are doing it, but we don't have the talent to do it across the defense and that's Part of me really has begun to wonder, are the 49ers 
and its fans. Just a little bit. Maybe just a little bit. Incensed with their own Is our bias so strong that we cannot see clearly? What I'm wondering is, do we not have two Pro Bowl cornerbacks? Do we not have two Pro Bowl linebackers? Our defensive line has never been something to brag about, but is it not even passable? Because our defense should be able to get off the field. With the talent that's there, the linebacking core is really solid. And the fact that Manny Lawson is injured sucks. But it's not the end of the world, because he wasn't even playing. So I'm left thinking, okay, maybe this is a coaching problem. And I'm not an old And I know that at times I've called for his head, but I think I've called for his head for the right reasons. Quite frankly, this defense reeks of pure bad scheming and decisions. And I can't put that on the players. Nolan keeps saying execution, execution. Of course he keeps saying that. But his job is on the line. And he should be responsible for execution. But what he's really trying to take the attention away from is scheme. And it didn't matter if the 49ers went 3 4 4 4 3 uh, 4 2. It didn't matter. It really didn't matter what defense 49ers were going to do. They were run over. So. Yeah, some of it might be execution, and it's a coach's job to make sure his defense executes. But I have to think that we were out-schemed in a major way. Offensively, we were out-schemed. I get that. Our offense was beaten, uh, but it had a chance. It had, it had it been able to get on the field and convert some of that three years, uh, we would have been okay. We would have at least been more competitive. The defense, I, I simply do not, I, I'm baffled by it. It's like, are we completely oblivious? Do we really, are, maybe we don't have these cornerbacks, so we would not great. Maybe the loss of Shante Spencer, which I didn't think to be significant at all, um, is more significant than we perhaps let on. Or maybe our linebackers, two of whom have probably written on them between Spikes and Willis, um, Maybe they're not as solid as we thought. But somehow I don't think it lies in the top of the team. But I think it lies with what I think it ends with is with Mike Moore. And unfortunately, I think this means that Rowan's time before he loses time to a coach. He may not be gone during this season. But I, unless there's a massive turnaround on defense, I do not anticipate this team. Now, earlier in the season, defensive coordinator say that he was in charge of everything defense, but I find that extremely hard to believe. Nolan and North Turner was in charge, but it was heavy, he complained about play calls consistently. And I have a hard time believing that even if Minoski is fully in charge of the defense, that he is not somehow hampered by And so, the question lies, who is going to be capable of running the defense? Successful? Is it a promotion of Singletary to head coach this? Is it a complete change of defensive philosophy? Something has to change because this conservative defense simply doesn't work. Blitzing does work, not when your defense is on the field for an entire game. We need to be better with their dance. We need to be better with the red zone. And it's bend but don't break attitude, which has been around since the game. It's simply go 
we have talent on this defense, and I find it incredibly hard to fathom that it is the talent that helps do and not the scheme. That's just my take. It's just what I'm seeing. I'm not a Nolan I'm really not. But from what I've seen, I don't understand how I can continue to support a defensive quote-unquote genius who can't get his defense off the field. If it's a matter of execution, then you're in the wrong scheme. If it's a matter of scheme, then you're in the wrong scheme. Somehow, I hate to go back to this, but Steve Mariucci was amazing at one thing, recognizing what the talent was on his team, putting a scheme in that maximized that talent. Most truly good head coaches can do that. What I don't think Mike Ball realizes is it doesn't matter what defensive genius plan he comes up with, if the defense cannot execute that plan, he may as well be going with a vanilla defense or something completely different that plays towards his players' tactics. That is what we need to see, and it's not something that I think Nolan has shown us as and until he does, we're going to be Now, the fact that the 49ers are still in the division race is good news. We know that the 49ers are sitting at 2 and 3, one and a half games back from the Packers. I don't think any of us truly have playoff expectations if we took our goggles off this season. We were all hoping my point would be a big safety, but the truth is, there was still time that did not change on this defense. So we're still in the race, but at this point, I think we would be pretty happy with the second place finish us. Of course, in order to do that, the team has to do that. This week, when Philadelphia comes to town, it's not going to be so easy to keep that going. But the team really needs to do, say this with all sincerity, is they need to win. This will not be an easy game to win. We're talking about really strong, able team playing against what I believe to be fairly poor what we need is a defense that can truly get off the field and give the offense a chance to make some mistakes. That's going to be incredibly tough to do. And what I'm really worried about is that we just get down to it. Because I don't believe our defense is capable of stopping our troop. It won't be an easy one. But it's a game that the Flames absolutely have to win if they want to keep shape in the NFC West keep any sort of semblance of play for So that's all for this week's show. I appreciate all of you for tuning in. Again, we're always looking for uh, comments, anything of that sort. So please feel free to comment in the forum, to come into the show, to send me emails, send your takes, anything, whatever. So please, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you all for once again for tuning in. Until next time, take care and fun. of the 49ers had only just begun.